legends like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. Welcome back to the Silver Screen Roll podcast feed. Normally, this would be an I Love Basketball podcast, but seeing as that would be a blatant lie, I'm going to go ahead and record <laughs> a, a Lakers lounge, a second Lakers lounge for this week. I am Joy. That giggle in the background was Jacob Rude. Jacob was in charge of uh, the the Zoom quotes after the game, after the Lakers lose. I Honestly, dude, I've been legitimately thinking about this. This might be the worst loss of my lifetime. Like, you know, oh God. When, when, you, when you consider when you consider this is a team that has championship aspirations, this is a, a an Oklahoma City team that's own fan base and people covering that team were joking about zero and eighty two. <laughs> this is a a a Oklahoma City Thunder team that was down forty one to nineteen after one quarter and then wound up coming back to nearly beat them. Uh, beat the Lakers by double digits. Uh, the, the Lakers at one point held a 26-point lead. They lose by eight. That, by my calculations, is what? A 36-point swing uh, over over that time span? Uh, I just, you know, I want to keep this one short because I don't want to lose my job. But uh, but I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, how was, you know, you get the you get the frustrated quotes after a game like this. The one whose quotes I actually kind of enjoyed was Anthony Davis, where it felt like the questions that were being asked of him were like opportunities to, to make excuses. They were opportunities to kind of, you know, just kind of let the, the, the water off duck's feathers, you know, I, I, but, and yet he still kind of took responsibility and accountability for this one. That at least is a bright spot. Maybe? <laughs> uh yeah ad certainly was not letting the team off the hook in any way he was adamant that this was a game that they should have won this was a stretch of games he said that they should have gotten into a rhythm and gotten comfortable again he, he like tried to catch himself because he was basically going to say this is a stretch of games against you know, not good. Te- yeah, yeah, not good teams that they should beat. And he kind of caught himself in the middle of the sentence and was like well, damn, we just lost this team. So, um, but I mean, he's not wrong. That's that's what this was supposed to be. Uh, what? Yeah, just a a frustrating game. It, a a quick story that I think is a a, a fitting uh, summary of what tonight was like. Uh, midway through this game, when it looked like we were running away with it. Um, at halftime, I recorded my Locked On podcast, and I'm glancing over. I have the game on mute, and I'm like, wow, that's a that's a 17-point lead. Wow, that's a 12-point lead. Wow, that's an 8-point lead. And I, uh, I finally got done, and I unmute. And literally as I unmute, my roommate texts me as well that, oh, hey, by the way, uh, your toilet is backing up into your bathtub. And currently right now, you guys can't see it, but there's a plumber here. It's 1155 at night. Our house is destroyed. And 
I was like, you know, I mean, that, that pretty much sums up how, how this night went. Uh, a, a good anecdote for or a good comparison for this Lakers game. Because, yeah, halfway through it, I was like, dope. This is a blowout win. This will be an easy recap, easy night of uh, quotes. And then, yeah, it, uh, it all and went the south. the second, third, and fourth quarters happened. Yeah, it all went south. And uh, uh, we started backing up into the into the bathtub, so to speak. And this just was... a whole bunch of shit just flying all over the place. I, I wasn't going to say it. I, I was going to allude to it. But yeah, this was... <laughs> the second, third, and fourth quarters were shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we really got to get you out of here then. As quickly as possible. <laughs> I have, my roommates are currently dealing with it, uh, but yeah, it's it was just like everything at once was like, oh, the Lakers are losing, and you have plumbing issues at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. That is uh, that is unbelievable. I don't even know how to follow that. Like I, I legitimately, <laughs> I don't know what else to say here. <laughs> you have done the, the you have done what like everybody who has ever known me thinks is the impossible. I'm speechless. I have nothing to say. <laughs> Harrison, give me a raise. I just made Anthony speechless. Yeah, I mean... Jacob Root is celebrating. He just got my job. Like, if I but, can't speak, I can't, I can't be audio for <laughs> super screen and roll. Hey, oh, uh, whatever it takes, this is a ruthless world, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> higher Jacob is back into... Or no longer in effect, I guess. When, when life gives you shit, you take your you take it, job. turn it into a <laughs> podcast story, and take your co-host job. All <laughs> right, so we just gotta look for like Malik Monk to take a shitty story, and and <laughs> take Russell Westbrook's job. So I think you know if we were to if we were to look at who should be held most to account for this game, where are you looking first? Oh, that's interesting. Um. Man, I don't know. Russ is pretty high up there. Those turnovers were were Damn. brutal. It's it's weird to say that on a night he had a triple double and and for the first quarter and a half when they got up to that twenty six point lead, he was really good. But God, those were some brutal turnovers. That three pointer at the end of the game was oh, horrific. <laughs> like, you should have heard the room that I was watching that game in. My folks are in town. Jen was up watching. We're just like he shoots the ball, and all of us. Let's say it basically various iterations of the S uh, of the F word. It was just, it was just what <laughs> of immediately. What the nobody in the arena except for Russ thought that was a good idea. Not a single soul. Unbelievable. I knew, and I had written about like Russ is a high volume, low efficiency three point shooter. Seeing it in action is just mind-boggling because it's like, dude, none of these are going in. Why do you think the next one's going in? And when when they went under the screen, there was like that brief moment where I was like, don't shoot this. And then he shot it, and it's like, why? Like, I knew you knew the result when he did it. So that was, yeah. that well, was it, brutal. It reminded me back when I was playing pickup where, like, the two things that you didn't want to hear on a pickup court were – the worst is he's with us, right? That's the worst. That's the absolute, like, if you hear that on a court, it might be time to fight, right? <laughs> and then the other one is, is why do you think you're so open? Yeah. Like, why do, you, why, do you think, why do you think the defense is that willing to give that look to you? And, 
And like with Russ, when he's taking these, it's not just the three pointers. He shot eight of them tonight, which like, by the way, any time Russ shoots more than four three pointers in a game, you should be fined for every three pointer <laughs> above four uh, there within. And, and, and then like with, with his mid range jumpers too, right? The reason defenses give him that shot isn't just because like, that's the only chance they have it staying in front of him. It's because he doesn't punish them for, for, for backing off. Like he's, he's a bad shooter. He, he doesn't have good form. He, in my opinion, shoots on his way down and tries to make up for it by shooting with extra arc. And, and like, it's just, it's just not a good shot. And, and, you know, tonight, you know, it was funny that this winds up following the game where everybody says, well, this is why you trade for Russ. This is why you trade Mm -hmm. for Russ. And then, and then like the response to it was like, this is why everybody in the league was happy that you traded for Russ. Like (laughs) it was just, it was just, it's just, it's tough to watch this guy and and you want to root for him because he does seem like all of his teammates say he's, 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 he's been one of their better teammates ever. Um, all of the like, like team employees and, and his family, like he just seems like a, a, a decent human being, but he's just this like fatally flawed movie character. He's, he's Kendall Roy where like at this point we're how far into succession and, and he's still plotting against his dad and relying on his family to plot against his dad and everybody watching the show at this point knows, dude, this isn't going to work out, bud. <laughs> Find another avenue here and and it's like like with russ he, he he's coming in he's in semi-transition or it's early in the shot clock and somebody goes under the uh, under the screen and he goes up to shoot and it's like no what? Mm-hmm. no don't do that shit and and i think like beyond even just the 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 shot selection which is going to be something that we that we deal with all year like that's just who russell westbrook is but the, the where, I, where I was the most disappointed in this game was he got right back to after in the San Antonio game, I thought he did a really good job. And I thought the Lakers did a really good job of creating angles to where he could attack the rim with purpose and get in there. And, and if, if San Antonio played him to pass and begged him to pass and begged him to pass, he just said, no, no I, I, I guess this means I got to shoot. Like, I guess I gotta, this means I got to get to the rim. And, and I think in this one, OKC did the same thing where they just backed off, they backed off, they backed off. And he never really attacked the rim with any real force. And, and, you know, like that's something that is fixable. If anything, that's something that like that is who Russell Westbrook is. That's why, like when I saw it last night, I said, hey, this might mean he's turning a corner figuratively and literally. Right. Is like, hey, this could be. Russ figuring it out. And then he goes right back to kind of the weak penetration that he had uh, earlier this season and then compounded that with the shot selection. And this was like, this was the bad Russ game. This was the the empty triple double game that we've been hearing about all his career. Yeah, this is a hundred percent an empty triple double. They kept talking about it on the broadcast as the Lakers are like, slowly losing their lead and they're like oh he's one rebound away from a triple double I'm like i really don't give a damn yeah. right now like he's the also poor, two turnovers away from a quadruple double the, the the poor lakers social media team yeah they have to send out like hey he got a triple double look at him go and it's like you know i get i said like read the room 
know, like, <laughs> nobody here is happy to hear this. If anything, it just it, it again just makes the the jokes that everybody lobs at Russell Westbrook all the all the more kind of painful. The other guy, I think, like because we could, it's very easy, I think, for people to like keep on uh, Frank Vogel, and I think of people who are to blame here, and he does deserve some blame, like he keeping mellow in after a dead ball situation when you're heading into a defensive possession, like that was a brutal mistake. Uh, mm-hmm. And it led to favors getting a, a shot at the rim, a wide open shot at the rim. Cause none of the Lakers guards can tag uh, rollers. Apparently it's but brutal like, to watch his team try to defend pick oh and rolls. God. It's just, it's just, it's just constantly getting hit in the head with the same goddamn hammer. <laughs> yeah. So like for, but we're, like, for me, when I'm looking at people who I'm holding to account in this game, I agree with you about Russ. I think AD deserves some here, you know? And that's before, like, I, I see a lot of people questioning Rob Polinka now for the way that he put his team together, to which I would say, like, I'm pretty sure I saw all of you in my mentions over the summer calling me an awful human being and all that stuff. But, like, even there, though, like if you're gonna hold Rob Palinka accountable to that, there were also reports that like LeBron James put this team together in his wine cellar, right? And so, like if you're gonna if you're gonna say it's personnel, then all right, then LeBron gets some blame here. But I, if we were to focus in on the on the actual game that was played, I think AD has to take his lumps in this pod because he again, like he's so talented that he could sleepwalk to thirty eight two. One, you know, 12 of 22 shooting six of seven from the, from the free throw line. Like you look at just those stats and you'd say like, Hey, he wasn't the problem, but you look at who he was playing against. And he's like, okay, yeah, maybe he was the problem because he needed to be more of the solution. He wasn't the solution at all in this game. And it was, it was really kind of frustrating to watch him dip back into his like Zach Randolph impersonation where (laughs) everything is from like the mid range and out. Mm -hmm. And, and he's just, He's so much more athletic than Zach Randolph that when he does that, all the other teams, when he takes fadeaway jumpers, that's when everybody on the other team like just takes a nice, Ooh, thank goodness, you know, because every time he gets something going to the basket, especially against this team, he looks incredible, unstoppable. And, and I, I like, I was really kind of bummed out watching only eight rebounds in this one is a tough one. Zero block shots. Like he was just, it was empty carbs from AD tonight. So, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a lot of empty stats in general, but AD was one. I, I don't know with AD because, like, he certainly deserves blame. Not in that regard, I don't know. I honestly couldn't even tell you other than Derek Favors. I watched the game. I was listening to the game. I don't know who was guarding him for most of the game because I just – the Thunder are just full of so many guys I don't know. But it was somebody that was multiple inches shorter than him. And yeah, like Roby or yeah, Roby, I think Kenrich Williams might have uh, defended him a little bit too. But it, it's just guys where it was like, and he did it at times and he did it at the end of the game when he basically had to. He just got to the rim like with ease and he finished at the rim. He cleaned up some shots, some misses at the rim. And it's just like when he, gets a rebound, walks down the court and pulls up from like just inside the three point line from like 18 feet and misses a pull up mid range jumper six seconds into the shot clock. You're like, what are we doing? Like, why? I I understand 
that I mean, we saw him in the playoffs and like when that jumper is going, it's incredible and he's unstoppable. But like on the night when you're playing the Thunder and they have like one legitimate center and the rest are just like forwards masquerading as centers and you're you're blowing a lead and like you need any basket you can when you're hemorrhaging points. I don't want to see like you walk into a, a 18, 20 footer, whatever it is, yeah. uh, like six, eight seconds into the shot clock, like just back a guy down. Like it, it wasn't even like hard work to, to back a guy down and get into the paint. And even if it wasn't him scoring, there were times when they were just, they had to double him. It led to a, I think Bazemore, it led to a layup from him. I, I can't remember who mm-hmm. exactly it was, but somebody was wide open under the basket, a layup like that. And it's Bazemore. just so. I remember he yeah. almost missed it. I freaked out. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's just so much better offense than, than what the Lakers were running at the end of the game, especially those final like three oh possessions. Game on the line, and you go with a that rust three pointer. They play incredible defense to get the ball back, and then Malik hoists. I don't know what that was, and then they get gifted another opportunity. And Melo said after the game, he rushed the shot that he basically saw daylight, didn't have control of the ball, and just rushed the shot. But like. Man, if, the Thunder were tanking. They were trying to give us the win. I would think. Yeah, would they were. I would see what's his, what's their coach's name? It's like Darno or something like that. I, I, I they showed him, and I, I'm like that I, that no. guy. Yeah, that guy looks like the janitor. There's no chance that's the coach. He was also like, dude, if you're gonna wear a turtleneck, like was, at least let it like wrap around your neck. I don't know what he was wearing there. And, and look, I'm I'm somebody who who has a few chins. And so turtlenecks aren't really an option. And so I just stay away from them. I just, I didn't know what he was doing, but, but like, I think it was like Dagno or, and, 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 and I'm watching him, you know, on the sideline and I was waiting for him to check his phone so that we could get a picture of it and then grab a meme and say, like, it's Sam Presti saying like, have you tried an eight second count? Have you tried just throwing the ball to, to, to Carmelo Anthony? Have you tried? A, yeah, man, we tried. They just keep blowing the shit. And, and, but like, I, I want to go back to like the actual decisions that, that led to some of those shots, right? It's so like Russell Westbrook, you know, gets a pick and roll in a game that you were down by three, right? And you have enough time to where, all right, you get that pick and roll. And if the point of it is to, um, is to start going downhill and get to the rim and either like, you know, get to the free throw line or get a quick two and turn it into more of a free throw game because they OKC had some bad free throw shooters. Like if that's the intent, then okay. Like I understand the call there, but to like, to take that screen and immediately just pull up with, I think it was like 15 seconds left or something like that uh, in the game. <laughs> you just, again, you're bailing out the defense and then, the monk set that they ran was like not a set. Like Russ mm-hmm. dribbled over to the side. Monk went and got the ball at the top of the key. And at no point you're, you're not going to include Anthony Davis in, in either of those plays other than like some, some weak kind of screen that doesn't accomplish anything. Like what is going on? And, and that's where like, that's where I, I'm fine. If people have, if, if people want to hold Frank accountable for stuff, that's where I'm perfectly fine doing it because that is his job. I was wondering if he lost his marker and was like left to, you know, spitting on the floor 
and hoping to diagram plays with his finger. And that's like the, the, the most he can literally write there was Russ dribble over there. Monk come over here, get the ball. Monk, you do you right. Like it was just, it was just brutal to watch. And, and that's where I'm, you know, there were some decisions late in the game. Vogel also said that the offense stagnated and that he wasn't doing enough to get some movement movement out there. Uh, that I would also completely agree with. I don't think I saw in the fourth quarter an off-ball screen, like <laughs> which is which is insane. And and yeah, like it was just it was just uh, this confluence of errors that all went the absolute worst way that they could possibly go. And yet, like the Lakers had opportunities to win this thing, and it tells you one how talented they are that they could literally sleepwalk through three quarters of a game and still have an opportunity to, to at least eke one out despite it being against an inferior opponent. So that's one thing that you could, if you're looking for optimism, you could point to. But the other thing too, is that like, you're the older team, like which team between the two teams there looked more poised. It was, yeah. it was OKC far and away. That after the game, Vogel was talking about like, Oh, this is a lesson we had to learn to not let st- or take your foot off the gas. And I'm like, you have way too many veterans on this team to need to teach that lesson. Right. Like that, that should be one of the things that you shouldn't have to worry about is that these guys know to keep the foot on the throat and finish the game off. And when, so, I mean, he kind of has to say that, but when he said it, I was just like, isn't this the point of having all these veterans? Um, Also I'm watching back this Malik Monk play I don't know what the play call was. I think he might've gone rogue on that one because both AD and Melo were pointing to Russ as if like passed the ball to Russ. And mm-hmm. it looked like AD was setting up to come across for a screen with the floor spaced out. And Malik uh, was still feeling hot from uh, Wednesday's game and hoisted one because immediately after that as well, uh, AD went over to him and just kind of asked him what the hell was that? Um, but still like it it was just so frustrating because even if you just take two pointers on these shots, like you win the game because they were literally handing you the game. Uh, I, there was just a lot of things that I, and like I said, the most frustrating thing is that this is a veteran team that shouldn't be doing a lot of these things. Ultimately, you're going to have these kind of frustrating losses, throughout the season you don't have 26 point blown leads very often but frustrating losses throughout the season but it it was just the nature of this one where it's like you have a lot of guys who played a lot of years in the nba that should know better than to do this so i when you ask like who do i put the blame on the most it's really just kind of like a team-wide thing because there's just the answer is yes yeah there's just way too many guys who know better it shouldn't come down to Malik Monk hoisting a three after going rogue on one of the final plays to uh, it, it should never come down to that. So this was just an all around like team loss, I think. And I think if you, if you really listen closely to that play and it's hard to pick it up because the Oklahoma city fans were going so nuts, but like, if you listen super closely, you can clearly hear Malik Monk scream out, Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> he was talking about, uh, after Wednesday's game about uh, he had unlimited range and he thinks every shot he shoots is going in. But uh, 
but there, there might be a limit to it with your sidestep, like 28 footer. Uh, yeah, it, it was a Leroy Jenkins moment. Absolutely. For sure. Wasn't like either SGA or Dort was guarding him. It wasn't some like, it wasn't some switch that Monk could have thought he could take advantage of. I remember looking at it as like, that's, that's what we're going for here. Like that guy on that guy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's S, it's SGA on him, and Dort was on Russ. So yeah, uh, he was feeling himself. He hit a game winner. Well, not a game winner, just a like a big sh- yeah, a big shot the night before, and no, he no. thought he thought I can do that again, and he airballed it. And a lesson learned. I'll I'll allow him to learn a lesson. I'm not allowing the rest of the Lakers to learn a yeah. lesson. In fairness, I think Monk is what in his fourth year. So, yeah. and, and like three of those seasons were with bad Charlotte teams. And like, those are some habits that you're going to have to like teach your way and learn your way through. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll grant him some of that. Um, what do you, we are five games in. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I've been pretty loud about not being particularly fond of this roster. So as somebody who was maybe more fond of this roster, like, do you find yourself questioning the makeup quite yet, or is it still too early for that? I would, I, I'm not necessarily fond of it. Um, I'm saying more fond of it than I am because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, know, that's that's a very low bar. <laughs> I'm not questioning much yet just because there's so many injuries right now. No LeBron, no Ariza, no THT, no Kendrick Nunn, and all four of those guys are going to be in the rotation. Uh, when they're healthy, Wayne Ellington was like, I'm not really sure what they did with him these last two games. It, they said he was available, he was dressed, but they weren't going to play him. I guess he was a breaking case of emergency. But um, those first this four might guys, be a, you, you know, it might what might constitute an emergency? A 26 uh, point point lead, <laughs> a 36 point swing, maybe just maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that I, if that's not a Jenkins attempt from Malik yeah, Monk, <laughs> yeah. If that wasn't a uh, emergency, I'm not really sure why he was dressed. Um, but yeah, I think you get those start getting some of those guys back. Um, then you can kind of make some more um, observations about this roster. I still like. I agree with you that there's overall too many guards and not enough wings. Um, but I'm not really sure how they address that issue now. Yeah. Like, like they, they decided on sitting at home. I see. I don't, James Ennis must've had the absolute worst workout with the Lakers ever because like the report is he worked out with them. And when you watch, like they had to play mellow, uh, tonight because they, simply just don't have any other fours. It's either play Melo at the four or play one of Dwight or DeAndre and go with a two-big lineup down the stretch. Like, James Ennis must have been, like, Andrew Bynum shooting jumpers in the gym during that warm-up or during that workout because, like, I don't know what he could have done to make them think that he isn't worth having on this roster over, I don't, I mean, like a Wayne Ellington. I'm not sure he's going to play much even when he's healthy. Avery Bradley. Yeah, Avery Bradley. Yeah. So although he hit a couple of big threes tonight, he was yeah. actually decent, but he wasn't decent on Wednesday. So um, I'm not really sure who, what he did. But yeah, this this roster is 
reliant on LeBron, Ariza, um, some guys that you probably shouldn't be super reliant upon. Um, so right now, it's hard for me to criticize a whole lot uh, because there's a lot of guys playing that I just don't think are going to be in the rotation. I would be stunned if DeAndre Jordan's in the rotation much longer as they get healthier, uh, because even when he's been playing well the last couple of games, he's still like just his, what he does to the offense in general hurts them too much. Um, and you saw the difference and you see the difference every time they go to AD at center, it just opens things up. Um, Rondo was briefly, he, I think that Grizzlies game, he didn't play. Um, I think he's going to be out of the rotation when they uh, when they get guys healthy and whatnot. And I would be surprised if Avery Bradley's in the rotation when they get guys healthy. So those are three guys who all played um, decent amount of minutes tonight that I don't know are going to be in the rotation when healthy. So I do think it's a – I don't want to say flawed roster. It's not the best optimized roster, but it's still one that has a lot of guys hurt right now. So I'm – kind of withholding judgment until we get some more guys healthy and get a better sense of what this is going to look like. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a roster kind of top heavy on guards and combo guards. Yeah. I think, I think that is a perfectly fair stance to take. I I think it's perfectly fair to, to say that, you know, it's only five games and in terms of health, these five games couldn't have gone much worse, right? Like yeah. LeBron tweaks an ankle, AD tweaks a knee, you know, uh, Kendrick Nunn, somebody who Frank Vogel said the other day that they're really, were fo- you know, getting ready to l- rely on fairly heavily. Uh, he hasn't been available for any of them. Wayne Ellington was penciled in as a starter. Trevor Ariza was penciled in as a starter. So, so far this season, the Lakers have lost three starters and and uh, the fourth starter there tweaked a knee to where we're not necessarily sure how close to 100% Anthony Davis is. Um, I, I just think for, for my, my one kind of pushback is that, like, we knew that injuries were going to be an issue this year. Like, we, the Lakers planned for them. The reason they went out, they say that the reason they went out and got Russell Westbrook was so that if LeBron had to miss games that you could kind of survive a little bit better. This looked like one of the games that we saw from last year where LeBron missed time, you know, it looked just like it. They look fine. They look great. And then they don't. And, and I think for, for while I, I, I find myself kind of agreeing with you, like I'm probably like 60, 40, I agree that we do have to hold out judgment and we shouldn't jump to too crazy of, of, of conclusions here. I also think it's, it's fair to say like, well, what do we think was going to happen? You know, it, 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 this was, this was always in the cards all along. And, and again, like you can't predict injuries. You can't predict the fact that like, you know, Dejon, uh, was it, uh, was it Dejounte Murray, right? Who, who <laughs> like kind of bumped into 80. You mm-hmm. can't predict that. You can't predict uh, whoever player it was that that landed on on LeBron's ankle. You can't predict that, but you can predict a thirty eight year old LeBron James getting hurt, like that's or or missing time. If not if not getting hurt outright, but just kind of missing time, you probably could have predicted that. And 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 like also, if if you're 
solution to this situation is an old Carmelo Anthony. And, and if your rotation gets thrown off the way that it has by losing a 36 year old Trevor Ariza, like, you know, your t-shirt is doing a lot of the speaking here <laughs> to, to, to go with that, to yeah. go with that, 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 that meme on there. I look, I think they, they could very easily on Friday, just bounce right back and, and take care of business. LeBron gets healthy. And a lot of the things that I tweet or that, that they got tweeted or that get said in this show or on the lowdown, because I, I let it rip on the lowdown, <laughs> winds up winds up like, you know, sounding funny in the light. But I also think we have to go back and revisit some of the analysis about this roster back in the summer where people were saying, like, you know, feel, say what you feel about the Russell Westbrook trade, but they knocked it out of the park with their peripheral signings. I just I can't quite agree there because of the very glaring need at Wayne. A position, by the way, that has been the most important position in the NBA since I've been co- covering it professionally. I would say that they knocked it out just in terms of like value in a vacuum. With but each signing. It, yeah, 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 yeah. But when it comes to like a, a constructing a roster, yeah. If you're relying this much upon a how old Trevor Reza is, 36-year-old Trevor Reza, then like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was pretty flawed to begin with. But yeah, I mean, the only counter I would have to your counter is that they probably didn't expect – the injuries to come to Kendrick Nunn and THT yeah. and Monk for a week, but ultimately those were all still positions that they had depth at. Maybe not THT. I think, I mean, based on this roster construction, I think he's going to play a fair amount of minutes at the three this season. Uh, maybe all of his minutes because uh, this team just doesn't have wings. And even as kind of smaller as he would be on the wing, he's wing sized ish. So like, he, uh, I think he's going to be in a, a lot of minutes at the three. Hell, during the preseason, albeit they guys weren't playing, he was playing the four at times. So um, I think he, he's going to be valuable. And that that one probably hurt as much as any as well, losing THT because, yeah, it, it forces you into situations where, like you were saying, Mello has to be on the floor during a possession that you have to get a defensive stop. And – Mello looks really old defensively. There was there was a one play. Lou Dort got it on the wing and just took like one dribble to the right, just a basic crossover to the left, and he was gone past Mello. Yeah. And it was like, oh boy, this is rough. I remember that specific play, and I remember laughing at it too because Mello comes back and goes like, my bad, my bad. Yeah, he was tapping on his, on his chest. Who's that do you think we were seeing it might be? <laughs> yeah, bud, you were on an island there, and you just let him walk by you. Like, everybody knew that was your bad. But like Anthony Davis is one of the greatest weak side defenders that we've ever seen, and he couldn't get into the key fast enough no. because Dort had a straight line, like, layup line there. He AD, if you watch that play, literally, because when he starts to go by Melo, like, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, AD's there, and AD's kind of out on the wing, and he just kind of turns and looks. He's like, oh, damn, there's somebody at the rim. So, yeah, Melo, and also, Melo used up, like, every three-pointer for the rest of this month in that Grizzlies game, which, I mean, I guess they needed him to win that game, but good Lord, he was one of eight from three tonight. Uh, He knocks down a couple of those because a lot of them came, I think, in the fourth quarter. At least it felt like he knocks down a couple of those had been really helpful. But uh, I mean, that's another kind of goes to show that there was a lot of guys who uh, really struggled tonight. Yep. 
All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lounge. Not I love basketball because, you know, obvious reasons. I do not love basketball tonight. <laughs> not tonight. <laughs> not, not tonight. Uh, we will we will be back. So kind of switching up the schedule. The hook is going to be later today. Uh, Aaron and I are going to record that. And then I have a fun guest for my show, which usually airs on Mondays. That's actually going to air on Friday. Uh, so, so check out, uh, keep an eye out for that as well. Until all of that, and until the Lakers figure some of this shit out, <laughs> I'm Anthony Irwin. That would take a rude, and this was a lounge.